welcome to Ummy Tuckered Out. I am the Ummy in Ummy Tuckered Out, and frankly, the Tuckered Out Part 2. Welcome back to our podcasting program. We took a small hiatus this past year. New jobs, new babies, new pandemics. Um, And as I'm preparing for another move in a few weeks, yes, yet another move, even though I just got to Bentonville, um, I had the urge to get back on the mic and chat with a few cool kids. Sadly, Nazar, my partner in crime, is not here. He has a great excuse because he did just have a baby, so he's excused for now. But I am very excited to work with Haxton Road Studios here in Bentonville. So thank you, you guys. Thank you, Neil, for having me here. Uh, I'm in a fancy studio versus, you know, my garage in my house. And so it feels pretty cool. Um, So... My interview today is with Amit Sankaran, uh, a good friend of mine from Dallas and the CEO of The Religion of Sports, which is a media company co-founded by Tom Brady, Michael Strahan, and Gautam Chopra, a few people you may have heard of. ROS creates best-in-class content, and they are building a brand focused on storytelling in and around the world of sports. They follow athletes from different walks of life whose dedication and connection to their sports goes beyond the physical to almost a religious experience. Since 2017, the company has had over 250 million views and has produced hundreds of hours of video and audio storytelling content and has won multiple awards, including a sports Emmy. On top of it, Amit is also the executive producer of Tom vs. Time, Steven vs. The Game, Headstrong, Mental Health and Sports, and the Why Sports Matter podcast, among others. It was a pleasure to talk to my friend and discuss his career, which I truly believe is his passion. Please enjoy my interview with Amit Sankaran. All right. Hey, Amit, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you, Amit? Good, good. Thank you for joining. I'm in a fancy studio and you're my first guest, so feel special. Thanks, Amit. <laughs> you. Um, yeah, so, you know, you and I have known each other not only through the UT connection, but obviously through Dallas as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, while we were there, I, I had an idea of what you did, um, but I was mostly focused on hanging out with your wife. And so yeah. when we, you know, the last dance was just on and, and Barth and I finished watching it. And uh, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, and I thought of two things after that was done. I thought, of my time, I actually hung out with MJ and partied with him, which is a whole other story. And then I thought of you, and I was like, "Oh, I, 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 I know you work at Religion of Sports, but like, I got really curious. I'm like, what do they do? And so that's why I, I tapped in and was gonna ask you to to interview with me. So cool. well, that story sounds like it's an amazing one for maybe a different podcast too. But yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it was actually posted on Facebook. The whole story by my <laughs> by my friend who was with me. So, but yeah, that's definitely a different podcast. Um, and so, <laughs> I wanted to start off with your college days um, and yeah. and kind of go from there. So, you obviously went to UT Longhorns forever, um, and you got your BS in mechanical engineering, like a good desi boy um and then from there you went to columbia business school and got your mba so what what was that jump why did why business school yeah no i, I um yeah in in uh undergrad you know i i actually so this religion of sports is kind of inside of me the, for my whole life i mean mike gotham my partner who started the company and myself we both talk about it how sort of in a way um and i, I don't i don't know if your husband but i know many others feel this way i don't know if you do but kind of as a first generation American, kind of assimilate into culture through sports. Like I remember my, you know, when I was four or five, like the first things I would read would be sports page and stuff like that. And, you know, even in college, well, yeah, I spent time in engineering theoretically, like I was at all the football games, I'd go to the basketball games in that crappy stadium, which is still there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm a diehard fan, but, I, you know, and, but, Coming out of school, I knew that um, through engineering classes that that wasn't an area of focus for me, and in a lot of ways um, would describe my journey in a little a little bit like reverse because I went to consulting first, went to business school, decided to go um, uh, to Columbia because of New York primarily. I yep. really wanted to be in the city, and uh, and had a few chances to live there and didn't, and so yeah, made made the jump um, uh, just after a couple of years of working and. 
and yeah, had, had, it was amazingly fun, but you know, in a lot of ways also opened up a lot of networks and it was, that was kind of intuitively what I had hoped for. Um, I didn't really know, you know, what, what business school would be like until you get there as an engineering student. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun and, and yeah, it just opened my, my eyes to, you know, as you've seen it, you know, living in Boston as well, it, you know, you see, you know, this is what finance really is like, or this is what these people have spent their last few years doing and so forth. Yeah, I always tell Bart that he went to business school, spent the money for business school to make friends, basically. Yeah, and, and party, sure. obviously, but yeah, it's for the network, right? Um, I'm sure yeah. he learned a thing or two, I think. Who knows? Um, and so then after business school, is that when you were with 2M as a partner and advisor? No, I, I um, so in business school, actually, the funny thing is um, there, you know, you meet a lot of great friends, you make a great network, um, and you go through classes, you go through recruiting and so forth. But two things happened there that were serendipitous and came back to later. One was um, I was in a class that I really enjoyed that was about, I mean, I think every business school has this sort of class, but it's sort of about finding yourself, even though you're a capitalist and money hungry and so forth, like what are, what are you actually doing? And, you know, the self-selection of people that think about that, go to that class. And, yeah. um, and Moore Meyerson, who later, 10 years later became um, my boss um, spoke in that class and what he said really stuck out to me. He talked a lot about, he wrote an article way before his time in the eighties when he was CEO of Pro Systems, which was around like, how does he evaluate as a CEO of this business money versus meaning and how do you have both and how do you create both? And what does that mean for an organization that's in IT services and so forth? And he kind of honed a speech and he gave it. And so I connected with him and we stayed in touch for a while. And then the other thing that was really interesting and serendipitous was um, through my friend Jay, Adia, who's um, also in the sports media world. Uh, I played basketball and became friendly with Gotham, who's now my partner 15 years later. Um, so I met him also in New York at the time. And so those are just like two examples of relationships where, you know, they weren't necessarily made with any intention of um, trying to work around them, but yeah. it was just you know, being around people who are like-minded, who share similar values, who think about topics that you to think about and so forth. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but coming out of business school, I decided to go, I, I looked at a few options, decided to come to Texas, you know, Binaka, my wife and I were getting married right after business school. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, as you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird decision because you try to figure out um, where do you want to be next year? But you know that that is going to also lead to several years after because you start to cement roots and so forth. And so decided to come back to Dallas and work at the Boston Celtic group. And so I was here, um, back in Dallas for a couple of years, um, doing business work across industries, primarily strategy focused, but you know, media technology, um, airlines, everything else. And then I went to India, um, also, uh, for a couple of years, uh, with, Boston Consulting Group had an opportunity to do that, which was amazing. It was from 07 to 09 when the Indian stock market exploded. Um, there was growth everywhere, and it was really neat to see, and it was a totally different experience. So decided every year I would kind of take this decision, okay, do I want to stay here? There's pros and cons. This is like a highly analytical version, which is totally different from the way I make decisions now. But, you know, make a list, say, okay, this, this is why it makes sense to stay. And, you know, ultimately, though, I think the thing that stuck throughout has been um, – thinking about people and thinking about, am I, am I having a great experience? Am I learning from people? Am I, um, am I, am I you know, enjoying spending time with them and so forth? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think it's, that's amazing. I think I, I, we're also very lucky as first generation South Asians to be able to have that option and choice, right? Where I feel like our parents had to be way more practical and rational with their decisions uh, of career. And, and yeah. we, I feel like a lot of us have both. We have kind of the quote unquote stable career or path. And then we also have the option to veer from that and also less fear to do so. And so I think we're all very lucky that we get those options. And then when you take them, that's even and it works out. It's even greater. Um, and so so then you got the itch to do something entrepreneurial. Yeah. No, by the way, but in what you're saying, there's like there's a lot there because I think yeah. there's a uh, there's a there's a how is culture evolved, which we're kind of seeing real time in front of us right now, mm -hmm. um, which is a big role in that. And then there's also, I think, access to information, which has been unlocked like through the internet and other things that allows us to kind of see things that our parents couldn't. Yeah. Um, and our kids are going to do the same thing to us, right? They're oh, for sure. Do things that frustrate the hell of us, but not hell out of us, but probably make a lot more decisions in their context. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, I I had the I, I decided to leave uh, BCG for a few reasons and um, and just started reaching out. To, I knew I didn't want to do something. Um, one of the reasons was hierarchy, bureaucracy, and things. There there are some things that yeah, if you go back to like you thinking about what I wanted to do, um, there was a lot. There was always been an itch to like do something that um, both was entrepreneurial and also made uh, a change for for lack of a better term. And sure. been reading a lot of books and people and so forth. Um, and so I, I connected, reconnected with Mort first um, at two. And Mort Meyerson is a, he has a family office and um, they invest in businesses. And the thing that draw, drew me to him most uh, closely was because all the profits from his business go to a foundation that does giving in Israel and the U.S. for multiple causes, including his late son. And um, and so uh, I had the opportunity, but they also focused on a lot of small businesses. And so I, I, I joined him. We invested in several businesses um, that were typically sub 50 million in revenue across industries. And I would either run them or, um, be an active board member. And, you know, it was, it was a couple years into that, that I reconnected with Gotham, my partner now and Gotham. Um, and I can kind of give you the whole religion of sports story from his perspective. That's yeah, helpful. of course. Yeah. Just where, what, what, and like, so Gotham, Gotham has been a, as I mentioned, also first generation American. He's, his dad is Deepak Chopra. So he's kind of grown up in the world. He always tells it as, you know, spirituality, um, and he would see what his dad is saying through the lens of sports. He'd say, yeah, when you talk about, um, you know, bringing people together, I'm sitting in a stadium rooting for 50,000 people with 50,000 people, of which I probably have minimal ideological alignment, but for one common outcome for three hours, that feels like a spiritual thing. Like you just talked about, you know, you watch Michael Jordan or Tom Brady or Kobe Bryant, and you, you recognize that you're seeing something that's a person living in kind of a flow state or something, right? Like living in a level um, that all of us aspire to get to in our own lives and what we do. And so he recognized that early on. He was a journalist. He, he graduated from Columbia. Um, actually, this is another thing that he always says sticks out is he would be in like war, war-torn areas in Eastern Europe or in Pakistan. And people are, kids are wearing, they're, they're fighting, they're wearing like Detroit Pistons 1989 shirts and stuff like that. Sports Unites brings people together. Um, and uh, and he, became a, he did what he knew how to do well, became a filmmaker. He made Kobe Bryant's movie Muse a few years ago, which was kind of Kobe and his year after he got hurt. Okay. Does he come back? come back so what's that, that was, journey like that was before religion of sports that was like maybe his initial project Part of it is the same. now it's all together because okay. it was kind of his project his ip but yeah it was it was before the, the the business started it was probably in 2015 or 14 and um and it was kind of after that that we reconnected he he had a um a show that he actually so he put together the show religion of sports which um licensed to at&t he'd gotten to know tom brady and michael strahan over the years and brought them in as executive producers on that show. And that show really is um, uh, the essence of our business, which is how do you find not just the Kobe Bryant's or the Tom Brady's of the world, but how do you find people who are doing these amazing things, free diving or motocross racing or dirt track racing in the South or rivalries that are bringing communities together? And how do you bring that to life? And how do you do that, amplify that through a network or with, um, with athletes? And so that's how the show started. And when we reconnected, you know, we both me instantly were like, this is a lot bigger than a show. It's kind of what you talked about. It's, it's a movement. It's yeah. people feel this. People, when you talk to people about it, they'll say, you know, yeah, I grew up in Alabama. I know the Alabama Auburn, right? You don't just keep talking. Right. Or it can be, oh yeah, my, my husband's psychotic. But when, you know, he talked about that thing to our kids, it resonated. Right. So people get this in different ways. Yeah. And so we sort of sketched out a few versions of what this could become and then we pitched tom and michael on forget about the show i mean the show will hopefully be successful but let's build um not just a production business that makes content let's build a media business around this and they were excited not because they're looking for something to amplify their own brands i think they're looking for ways to empower others and uh and you know and a team that they're excited about being a part of so that's yeah. kind of how it, i mean they don't need to amplify their own brands they're they're doing okay so this is yeah. obviously a passion project and, and something they truly care about. Um, and so how did your role start off with religion of sports? Because I know you're CEO now. Did you begin as CEO? Yeah, we, um, you know, look, Gotham's a filmmaker. And, you know, while this is, I mean, in many ways, he's the founder. He's the, he's the, it's the intersection of his two lives, his passion and love for sports 
film or three lines, filmmaking, and then you know basically what he's been plugged in since he was a kid through his dad with and sure. spirituality. Um, but you know, and this is kind of I think the thing you know. Yes, I love sports. Yes, um, uh, I wanted to do something entrepreneurial, make a change and a difference. But really, it came down to finding um, uh, a, a relationship here in a way that you, the skill sets were super complementary. Like there's things that he can do and our creative team can do that I've got no training in, no background in, and my brain just doesn't work that way. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot that um, that now over the last few years, and now as we look ahead, I think I've um, been able to add. And so early in the conversations, as we as we presented things to the team. Gotham, I think to his credit, has been super clear. Look, I want to focus on building the, the, the secret sauce for our business creativity. I want 100% of my time aspirationally to be focused on just creativity and building a creative team. And scaling creativity on its own is hard. And Amit, I need you to help you know, think about and develop everything else. And so that's sort of how it started. And Tom and Michael are super supportive. We've gotten to know, I've gotten to know them really well over the years too. I think for them, each of them has their own version of cocoons of trust as well. And so it takes, you know, actually someone, someone I used to work with said, um, you know, it takes like eight meetings with someone before you actually get a rhythm for, you get beneath, sure. like, because every meeting, the first 10 minutes is like, oh, how are you doing? That's yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So you get beneath like um, uh, uh, all the surface level to figure out who they are and actually have a real sense of values and ethics and, Oh, there's a little conflict there, or a little little disconnect between what you said last time. And so I think they're actually just people in that sphere who meet so many people intuitively get really good at that. Yeah. Um, and I think that over time helped enable some trust that got built. And yeah, so, so um, but I would say it was it was probably a year. The first year of seventeen, we were creating a bunch of content and at the same time figuring out what this really could be. And uh, and then in early eighteen sort of um, raise some capital from some great partners and formalize things. And um, and that's when we had our project Tom versus time with Tom Brady come out as well and sort of um, allowed us to start to grow and scale. And so Tom versus time was the first kind of big initial project. It was a big one. Um, we so that show religion of sports, we had 18 hours of um, on AT&T's audience network. We did, we actually did um, in around the same time as Tom versus time. We actually did uh, this movie called shut up and dribble, which, uh, was on Showtime, which was like three hours of, um, of films on Showtime, which chronicled um, what has happened with, uh, you know, basically this movement that we're dealing with right now, um, Black Lives Matter, and how did it start in the 50s with Spencer Haywood or Bill Russell, who were African-Americans and even at that time started using their platform in basketball yeah. as a force for change um, in broader society. And, you know, there's a film there, there's a film about the 90s and the Jordan era, actually, and about how, you know, it actually turned very commercial, where the tone, I don't know if you remember as a kid, there's a Charles Barkley commercial where he says, um, uh, you know, he, he's like dribbling, he's like, I'm, I'm not a role model, is his big statement. I do remember like, that, I, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, was, and it was, and now he goes back and actually says he was wrong, but that was the mindset then, right, is like, take your money when it's available, yeah. you were lucky enough to be here, yeah. and then how it's flipped now today right and it's um so that was a, a big one for us and then tom versus time came up tom versus time okay yeah so i mean i have been checking out uh the website and a bunch of uh the the episodes um and i the iron nun was one of that that i watched last night was which i absolutely love the 87 year old woman who's done like 20 yeah. triathlons or something um yeah. and then there was the, the story, what was it called? I think it was the the Promised Land, where the two football teams were playing, uh, one from Texas, one from Mexico, within the, on the border. Yeah. Um, and so, with these with these episodes, you guys are also tying in all these major uh, kind of topics, such as immigration and poverty, identity and race. Is that kind of intentional, or did that just happen? No, it's very intentional. I think that our, our tagline, our business, our, our business is around the tagline, why sports matter, which is, um, what is it? And, and an, another way or another way to say it is what can we learn? Um, what does sports teach us that you can apply to life? Not how do you throw a better football because you watch Russell Wilson throw football, but how does what he's doing at a highest level help you become a better mother or father, uh, business executive, whatever it is you're doing. And that's kind of our principle at its highest level. I mean, that comes out in different ways through different content. Yeah. And it's not always going to be the case. I mean, we always say, um, religions have, I mean, we, we, we've, we've talked to our board around, we're not building a media company, we're building a religion. 
which is so it's not just you know the concept of you know religion or like sport. It's religion. Sports are religion, and we're building a flock of people who are around that who, who feel the same way and engage the same way with the content. And you know we feel like the only thing that's held us back so far from doing that more at scale and around a brand has been frequency of content. You know between Tom versus Time and Stefan versus the Game is, was 18 months. Now we're actually scaling a lot faster, and so that's the goal is to get that out to people quicker and quicker. Um, but to your point around intentionality, yeah, it is it is intentional. It's like it's um, what we want to have in the world is you know you watch the Iron Nun here and you see something insane and inspires you to go do something different. Um, a, a good example actually is we put a podcast out a year and a half ago called Why Sports Matter, which was our first one. Now we're developing several more. But that one, there was one which was around uh, Sadie in the Woods, which is um, a Native American woman who, um, you know, it was she, you know, like a lot of Native American had men, a, lot of, a lot of Native Americans in our country had a lot of um, mental health issues as a child. Um, when she was eight or nine, tried to commit suicide, thankfully failed, and then found herself in Duke basketball. And that was the thing that inspired her. Wow. And then a decade later, she um, made it into Duke, played on the basketball team. And then now um, uh, is part of kind of a mental health advocacy group and on the board of several Native American organizations. And so that podcast, I think, moved a lot of people, particularly in that community. Um, and then what we try to do is amplify. So we we have a relationship with Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, through some of the work we've done, um, shout out and dribble and otherwise. And he went to Duke. So we sent him the episode and he listened to it. And then he you know, reached out to Sadie, posted on her Instagram, you that's know, awesome. connected with her. Yeah. So I think that's that's sort of, you know, it's like, how do we, for us, it's just a matter now of, of we feel like we have the voice. Um, we have a cadre of creators who are on the same page. So now it's how do we amplify and increase the frequency of content so that it can turn more into um, uh, more evangelists out there who, who recognize the brand and the content. I mean, because there's so much content out there. It's like, it's kind of hard to keep up at this point. So I'm, yeah, I'm totally. assuming, like you said, you're doing it through <clears throat> videos and blogs and podcasts and, and kind of increasing that. Um, so how are you finding your subject matter or your, your the people that you want to uh, talk about? Are, are people coming to you? Do you guys, is your team going out there and, and looking? Because you guys are covering everything and the whole world. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, your first point's right. There's so much content and it's actually why we've been very resistant to, uh, to just start dumping a bunch of social media posts or articles out. I mean, it, it's what we find cuts through the clutter for better or worse. Like you just talked about last dance that cut through, that was perfect storm on many dimensions. I think not only was it Jordan 20 years in the vault, amazing stuff. And we have coronavirus and no life sports. I mean, it just, everything was perfect for it. Um, what we find is though you kind of do need for better or worse, a someone who is super relevant, people are really engaged, interested in to either be a subject of the content or say, I really care about this thing. This thing matters to me. And, you know, so you should watch it. You have them, but it can't be like an influencer on Instagram, whatever it has to be like, no, this is authentically why I care about it. And people have to feel and connect with that. And so that's, that's one of the things that, that really matters to us. So we did, um, so yeah, to answer your question, all of the above people, um, you know, the flywheel we talk about that's starting to get creative for us is, Creators for us is the thing that most that's most important. We feel like um, you know access. We talk a lot about it's a commodity now. Like you can kind of get through the credibility now we have and um, that network and connections. You can kind of get to anyone, um, but doesn't mean they're going to be receptive. Sure. And so it really comes to what's the quality of the product that we're that we're bringing and and what do we want them to be involved with. And so for us, we re lean really hard on a creator network and some of that's internal that we have already. And a lot of it's external people that we've now worked with around the world. Um, our producers have come from, you know, one woman's spent a decade at The Amazing Race and so has this great global network. Um, a guy, Victor, we, we just hired as our head of development. has got a, you know, 20 years of experience from India to Europe to here. Yeah. Um, and so, so a lot of, we, we lean there. And so between the creators and the athletes and the networks, so networks will now increase, you know, say like 80% of our work comes now from networks or brands coming saying, We've got this athlete or that athlete or this story you want to tell. We think you're the best group to do it. Um, how do you activate your network to help make it happen? Um, sure. and so that's what we increase want to do. We have this project coming out called uh, Greatness Code this summer, which is um, about in about a month with Apple Plus. And we did uh, so. It's kind of what I described, right? It's it's, it's uh, 
our goal is to show people what does flow state look like. So Gotham had LeBron James for 20 minutes, asked him a series of questions. LeBron, uh, he said, what, what is your greatest game and why from your perspective? So he picked a game and then we asked a bunch of questions underneath that. How did you feel? What music were you listening to beforehand? All that kind of stuff. Then we hired again through the creative network, this amazing woman and her team to do like really cool graphics, visual effects and show, distill this interview down to five minutes of just really compelling um, visual content. And, um, and you kind of, with a goal of kind of visualizing flow state. And then, you know, we, Tom uh, Brady did, did one. And so then we used that to go out and to take the greatest around the world and have them each build that. And um, that was something that we developed on our own and then went to the market and said, this is amazing. And so Apple and others wanted to be involved. And so it's going to be on Apple Plus. Soon. That's awesome. So that's one example of us kind of doing something on our own. So it's kind of, it does work both ways, but typically people are coming in. It's like you are living out your fandom. I mean, this is, this is, amazing. This is amazing. I know. It's, it, well, it is until until you're like, oh, yeah, they still have to do the business negotiation that I was doing anyway. And then it's like, oh, that's, yeah. That's it's, what Columbia is for, my friend. That's why you went, yeah. besides, you know, no, the networking part. Um, so do you, ha- do you have any favorite episodes that stand out for you personally for any reason? Yeah, you know, there's a few. Um, or projects. Uh, talk- Tom versus time, you know, cut through for us. It's funny, the producers of uh, The Last Dance, um, are, uh, Mandalay, are in L.A., and uh, Gotham goes way back with um, one of them. He reached out, uh, you know, we reached out saying, man, all we're hearing right now is when are, when are we doing Last Dance? And he, he told us, you know, well, you know, it's turnabout's fair play because all I've been hearing about is when are you guys going to make a Tom versus time after it came out, which was, you know, at least refreshing for us to hear that there's something that cut through that way. And and um, and in that that series, the fifth episode. Um, so we broke it down in a way that you know I think um, uh, people try to live you, you know your best life. Is we had a physical game for Tom, and focused on physical. Then we had a mental game. We had an emotional game, which was a lot of his family. We had a social, like his friends, relationships, and then there was like a spiritual one. And that one to me was pretty compelling because it was to your point, like this essence of like what? How does he? define spirituality, um, how to be balanced. It it resonated because, yeah, someone similar age, I think we're actually the same age at 42. um, Don't say that out uh, loud. (laughs) I know. Uh, And and with with a wife and his kids, he's doing something completely different at 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 an insane level, but he's still dealing with all these things. And so how does he find ways to decompress? Um, What does he use as you know, his methods to do that and yeah. how is he still learning? And I think that was a compelling one to me. So the fifth episode of that one was. He's probably not favorites. doing happy hours every week like we are. So probably helps, <laughs> probably helps <laughs> him focus a little bit. <laughs> He'll have a margarita like once in a while in the off season, but he's pretty, he's pretty disciplined. Uh, yeah, I, so. I would assume so. We'll get there one day when we're 50. It's fine. Um, I know, that's right. Yeah. And, and then you guys have a lot of great blog reads. So I was reading through the Agassiz one versus James Blake. Agassiz is one of my idols. Oh, yeah. um, and then recently, uh, dealing with the Black Lives Matter, you had one um, about justice, justice, compassion, and unity. Uh, I guess it was a pick of LeBron. Um, and so, you know, how do you think religion of sports is contributing to, to the revolution? And I guess kind of what, Plan, do you guys have any plans to continue set, spreading the message in any sort of specific way? Or You mean this one around Black Lives Matter? Yes. Or we, we talked to, um, so Showtime re-aired Shut Up and Dribble a couple nights ago. And it was, I watched it again. I don't know if you've seen it, but the last episode, um, uh, you basically could take the last 20 minutes of it. And, it would, and if you didn't talk about Trayvon Martin and you inserted George Floyd instead, it would be the same thing. And so it's sort of, in a way, I was talking to our team about it, a little bit, you know, both, uh, you know, depressing in that change hasn't occurred, but also a reminder that, you know, change around this, um, these topics that are so great and require so much cultural influence, um, it's kind of like a, a continuous uphill climb. Yeah. And the cool thing about Shut Up and Dribble on the, on the flip side is if you go back 50 years, you see how much change has happened over that period of time. Got it. Um, and so it feels, though, that we're at a mode, like you go online right now, you see Roger Goodell is now out saying, you know, the NFL has, has, has you know, made an error and, 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 and not listened to its players. You know, Colin Kaepernick may actually be at the forefront of something. You know, more people are saying it. 
I think for us, it's just how do we how do we be a, the best part of that conversation? Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's you know there, there's not necessarily a you know, current project that we have right now that um, has started around the moon, but we're talking to several networks about things that um, that we can do that are unique around it. Sure. And so I would say you, you know just contributing. Um, uh, you know, everyone on our team is is, is super supportive and. Um, you know, you see the Instagrams of Tom and Michael, and they've been supportive. Um, and so it's just how, how can we be a positive force and you use our network, use our content, our creators to amplify it. Amplify the, the story. Yeah. And so obviously we, we are going through a pandemic right now. I, I read The Other Side of Now. Um, oh, yes. and, and, and I the summary I got from that was sports are going to help heal. Is that kind of how you guys are looking at it? Yeah, yeah. No, that one was that one was something that um, uh, a few members on our team, and you know, give Eric. I don't know if he's going to listen, but Eric Ledru on our team, who's our creative director, um, is a phenomenal writer, and took the uh, uh, you know felt really uh, impassioned to write something. Him and Gotham both penned that and did a phenomenal job. And I think I think it it, it came from a place of yeah that there. There was a, you know, and still we don't know where this goes, of course, yeah. right? But, but it, it does from a mental health, just even qualitatively thinking about it, it feels like, you know, in May, in March, we were as a country, like dealing with so much uncertainty um, and fear that um, it felt like something that we wanted to go put out in the world saying, you know, we've gone through things like this in the past. Like, yeah. Look at the 19th Spanish flu and so forth. Um, and how can, yeah, we be part of, uh, the solution and how can um, you know, people have talked a lot about live sports right now as well as being a thing that is a proxy for what's happening more broadly and also at the same time not allowing for you know whether you call it an escape or you call it um, an opportunity to kind of connect with something that feels normal yeah um, so the NBA coming back potentially in a month is a big and so um so yeah, that that's something that yeah we, we felt passionate to write about. I think that um, it's a it's for us. We started the religious sports episodes you were alluding to. We started putting out um, on the web and on on YouTube on and YouTube, so forth yep. uh, because of the fact there's no sports, and we thought that it'd be an opportunity for people to watch things that are um, about areas that they care about and to your point, topics that are relevant. Yeah, and again, find ways to contribute um, around this, but. Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a tough conversation. It's really hard for, as you'd imagine, like live events, businesses, ticketing businesses, yeah. all, all these are trying to figure out. You know, even when sports comes back, and at least there's TV and advertising revenue, what does a normal experience look like? When would you, in part, take the kids to go watch a now as potentially New Yorkers? Well, I know, uh, Johnny. Yeah, he's well. I'm not allowed <laughs> to talk about the Astros anymore, so. <laughs> he, uh, he has taken out all our Astros t-shirts and hats. It's kind of heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's I funny that uh, Dodgers fans are all of a sudden really upset at us. I'm a huge Astros fan, too, of course. And yeah, they're well, – yeah. we, we can don't, get a separate debate. We had, we, had a, we had a very spirited board meeting, actually, about um, cheating, and it was, it was fascinating. Tom and Michael were arguing around cheating in sports and what's acceptable and not. Uh, oh, that's, a, that, with that's a podcast right there. <laughs> we talked about that before, but we should just publish this right now. That would get. I feel like that would get a lot of downloads for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, that's it's sad to think about not being able to take our kids to the baseball games or you know whatever whatever it is that you enjoy doing. And how long is it going to be? You know, um, but that's okay. I'm okay not going to Yankees games right now. Sorry, New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. Let's so you so you did three seasons, right? Of of uh, kind of the the episodes for Religion of Sports officially, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the Steph versus Game that was mm-hmm. a re- that was a recent project, correct? This year, yeah. So we've done so our partners have been so we did three seasons of Religion of Sports on AT and T. Yep, we did Shut Up and on on um, sh- on Showtime. Why We Fight is a global fight show that we did on um, first season was on Complex, second season was on ESPN Plus. Um, this we we've created with Facebook this versus franchise. It started with Tom versus Time. Okay. Um, uh, the second one was Stefan versus the Game, which came out in uh, I think it was last year, eighteen okay. or nineteen. I can't remember. 
Okay. And then we have a third versus which we haven't announced that we're working on um, that will come out supposed to come out this year and that will come out next year. Okay. Um, so we have different partners that we have kind of different approaches with and the formats change, right? Like shopping people full length movies um, versus is like 20 ish minute episodes. And then the Apple thing I talked about is like, that'll come out Apple plus in a month is like seven, eight minute episodes or so they're super short. And so we have kind of spanned the spectrum on video and a lot of the things we're working on right now also cut across. Have you found um, any one particular way more, more successful than another? Like really, it's interesting what, what's, what's, what we're finding is it kind of depends on the network, right? Okay. What they, what they want, what consumers expect from them. We have something we're hopefully starting with Netflix soon and they, you know, you've seen a lot of Netflix stuff they, their stuff is all like, you know, four or six episodes in a season, 40 minutes to an hour, like that kind of format for yep. them works. Yep. Um, Apple Plus is the first one that really wants to experiment with something short. Quibi is Jeffrey Katzenberg's business. They want to experiment. We've been doing a lot of short form stuff. Um, so it really depends on what the platform's pushing and plugging. Um, that's, for us, that's awesome that, that you guys can work with all these platforms. Like, that yeah, you know, it's 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 a blessing and a curse in that you know if you think about other businesses like um, like think about Barstool right, which we'd say is um, 180 degrees the other voice from us in yeah. terms of their messaging a lot of times. But the 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 thing they have going for them is everything channels to Barstool. They have one distribution platform, a lot of the podcasts, their social, and so that brand starts to resonate in the consumer's eyes easier. For us across platforms you know, allows us a lot of flexibility in terms of content types. Um, you know, we can do a lot of different things, but to get a brand that's unified across everything yeah. requires just an amount, a massive amount of content. And yeah. so that's, that's what you guys are build, but we're working towards. Yeah. So Stefan though, we did work with, um, for a year, uh, on, on that project and it was, it was during their championship runs. So it was last basketball season. Um, and when they lost the Raptors. Okay. Got it. Um, and then, you know, this Facebook thing, obviously Facebook has been under fire for a ver various things the past few years. Do you, is there any concern with that for you guys or is this completely a, a separate thing? A separate thing in that is watch. One thing that we get from them that gives us um, some inspiration is, is uh, you know, they've dealt with a lot of different things, as you mentioned, over the last few years. Yeah. They, they talked to us about how our content, um, uh, you know, it's, they all, we always get notes from them saying it inspires their employee base, oh, good. which is in a way, like if you think about this now, thousands of people um, who are dealing with a lot. I mean, their friends are probably, I don't even know what they're dealing with as, as employees, yeah. but they find a lot of inspiration in the stuff we're doing with them. Uh, and, you know, among a few projects they have, we've been highlighted a few times by them in big internal sessions or, you know, we were at, um, I was at uh, uh, the, um, uh, NBA Tech Summit. Um, the last two years have been profiled. Uh, we've been profiled and so forth. So I think it's it's for us. It's the same thing. What do we want to do? We want to use um, the content we create to inspire and have a message come out to others. And so if that actually resonates not only more broadly in the world, but with a base that kind of feels like they need it right now, then it's even better. Yeah, no kidding. Um, would you guys, have you guys done anything in India, like with the NBA there or with cricket or any stories kind of surrounding? Gotham first, um, uh, 30 for, he did a 30 for 30 on Sachin Tendulkar. That was like okay. 10 years ago. So okay. Or Asian sports stuff. Um, but, uh, no, we've talked around it a lot. We, um, we've been talking to some athletes in India and, uh, and then we almost did something. So I don't know if you saw the NBA did two games at the beginning of the season there. And uh, we were talking to the NBA about doing something around that okay. to make it work. Yeah, we'd love to. Uh, it'd be a lot of you gotta, fun. You got to do cricket. Of course, when we were living there, you, you just get into it. Yeah, I know. Right? I you mean, know, I, I, I appreciate the shorter games, obviously, nowadays. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about. What was the sport? Sorry, go ahead. Middle East, but what was the sport in the Middle East when you were there? What what are they uh, what are they most passionate Soccer. about? Okay. I was gonna that say I was gonna say a really bad auntie joke, but no, it was yeah, soccer. You know what though? Dubai <laughs> was like all expats. We were I mean everyone was watching everything. But yeah, of course, soccer, right? World sport. Um Yeah. And there I mean there's so many Americans there, so we would all go to the American bar and watch our baseball and stuff like that. Uh <laughs> They, I mean, the Middle East has their own unique sports as well, which you guys should probably cover. Like, I feel like they had like a tiger riding sport 
I might be making this up, but something <laughs> something with lions or tigers where they're in camel racing. Uh, I think there's an official word, like term for that. But I'm not sure. So yeah, you guys mm-hmm. should definitely cover that. I'm sure there is some epic story from there. Um, so yeah, uh, goals, I guess. What are your goals and kind of has that changed because of everything that's going on right now? Um, not too much. I would actually say, you know, it helps us, I think, position more clearly in the market given everything that's going on right now. Um, I think there's more pros than cons, but they're both, right? Yeah. Because of production plays and all that stuff too, there's cons. Um, I'd say long-term goals for us is like the, the easy version of pitching our business, um, talking about our business is, you know, the 2020 version of Pixar for sports. So if you took um, the version of Pixar, right, we have Cars and Onward and all these different franchises of content that they own and control. Um, they distribute now different ways, right? Like Onward, I don't know if you watched it with your kids, but it came out on just, streaming platforms. Just watched it, yeah. And then you have, you know, studio releases and so forth. And But what you get with Pixar is you know what you're getting when it's animated, it's usually elevated content, there's great story, compelling characters, and then they find ways to monetize different ways, even outside of distribution. And so for us, um, you know, we've got um, the ability now to, I think, build on a creator network that exists um, already, credibility in the marketplace, as I mentioned, more and more frequent content. Uh, our goal as we continue to own um, and control more of our IP is um, start to find interesting ways to monetize it, um, yeah. not just through distribution, um, and, uh, and, then, and then be more innovative. And that's why audio is such a big, big area of focus for us that we'll push out probably late this year, early next, is we really think that there's, for us, a big um, white space in terms of not, it's not audio, like for us, it's not conversational podcasts. It'll be stories that are told, um, like serial or something like that, but around sports. Around that would these be topics. that would be amazing. Those are my. I mean, I love interviews, of course, but the story podcast are are would be very interesting to hear. They're fun and they're different in there. And so all yeah. all the people we hired um, have been. We've been looking for people that are that have great audio background. Yeah. But connect in storytelling and yeah. connect, but. Uh, and then because we're, we can't have our creators and video try to do that, um, but we can bring the voice and standardize kind of, and that's what, that's actually, I would say the biggest um, both challenge and opportunity for us right now as a business is we've grown our team substantially, particularly in audio in the last year. Yeah. And it's like unify uh, a voice, a point of view, what this all is yeah. um, while you're remote and not actually sitting down with each other um, has been a challenge, but also I'm really sure. interesting. And, and the people we brought in, I think are, are great and excited about it. Is your team spread out all over the country? Where are you guys every where is everyone at? We have we have most we have our office, our main office in LA. So we have okay. uh, we have ten people there. And then our podcast team's about eight now. Um, but it's primarily across New York, Philly, Chicago. Okay. So they're definitely and um, yeah. I'm the, I'm basically asking to see if there's any chance you guys could move to New York for myself, but that's just selfish. Oh, for, yeah, that's just selfish, selfish reasons. Yes. Yes. Well, I guess, I guess more Greenwich, Connecticut, but you know, close enough. I <laughs> know Barth was so excited. He was like, Oh my God, I, I don't know. I don't know if he made it up or it was in the news that Tom Brady was looking at houses in Greenwich. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a rumor that, yeah, that was very, that he was looking and I think we had passed yeah. a, the potential house. We passed it by and Bart's like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, I don't think he's going to hang out with us even if we move here. But I mean, we can try. <laughs> we can talk to Amit about it. Don't worry when he comes to visit. So. Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys find your ways. <laughs> I did hang out with MJ. I did find my way through that. It wasn't pretty, I, but <laughs> I was 25 and cared a lot less, but it's fine. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you a few kind of fast fast round questions um, to, 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 uh, sum, to end this uh, lovely interview with you. Um, okay, what books are you reading right now? Uh, so I've, uh, I've been reading a bunch of stuff. I, I follow um, Naval on Twitter, who's, uh, I don't know if you follow or read Naval Ravikant, but he's, he's like he's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, thinker, um, you know, well-loved in definitely Silicon Valley, but, but almost tweets like books and they're just huge. Hugely helpful for clarity and thought. Um, reading uh, Ben Harlot's latest book, which is around, um, he wrote a first book, which is The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and then this one is about um, what you do is who you are. It's more like building um, a company through actions versus words, um, was his description of it, which has been helpful. 
And then there's this book um, by James Clear called Atomic Habits that um, I made Chinky read. She wasn't, my wife uh, wasn't too excited about, but uh, it was pretty neat about how habits compound themselves. Tom Brady really likes it too. <laughs> well, I, I mean, A, it's amazing that you guys are completing books. And so I, if I read an article a day, I'm very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're, even if, if we're stuck at home, I'm like, yeah, just with the, with the kids. Um, I know. It's, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, what is your favorite sports moment? Oh, if, if you, I, know, I know there's a ton, but if you could pick one. It's, you know, it's easy. It's, uh, it's the Rose Bowl championship. I was, Benak and I were both at that game, Texas beating USC in the Rose Bowl in 05. Uh, and yeah, we'll remember where we were when he scored that touchdown forever. And yeah, easy. All right. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to agree with that one. That's pretty epic. <laughs> if you can play any sport professionally, what would it be? To God. You can do it can. in your um, mind. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun, funny, funny aside, by the way, for a South Asian podcast. We joke about how, so so Jay um, uh, introduced us, Indian guy, yeah. uh, Gotham and I both in descent, of course. Yeah. Deepin um, is one of our lead investors in, on our board. Okay. Um, and, you know, th- there's his partner is Vasu on, on his team, who's also an Indian. Okay. There's just like so many Indians, and we, we've, we've decoded it as all of us were never athletic enough to actually play, and so all of us got into the industry other ways. Um, <laughs> yeah, God didn't build us the same way as other people. It's fine. We're special. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, professionally, basketball, it was always like uh, my first love, what I loved playing and not good enough to make the varsity team, but made in middle school. I was going <laughs> to say, you probably made it in middle school. So like we, yeah. we all were awesome in middle school, by the way. And then I got to high school. Yeah. I was like, oh, just kidding. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, what... If any, holy shit moment have you had working with the religion of sports? Holy shit moment. Just period? Just defined as just like holy shit. I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, positively. Um probably our first you know, board meeting, you're just in a room with we also have um lucky enough to have um Sherry Redstone is one of our investors. She's the chairwoman of Viacom. Her dad you know, started that enterprise and so now owns CBS, Showtime, Viacom, MTV, all these amazing brands. And she um her and um, her partners, they invest in a bunch of businesses as a part separately with her, um, not not affiliated with Viacom, and um, and but a few of them she takes like special interest in. And so, yeah, every board meeting we have, you know, in addition to God, myself and and a few others, like Tom Brady, Michael Strahan, and Sherry Redstone. And so the first one of those, I was kind of like shit. I guess <laughs> this is serious. I re- no, I remember you had this picture. I think it was you, Michael Strahan, Tom Brady. You were sitting around like a table. I don't know if you sent it to us over here. So, I mean, it must have been the beginning. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah that was, that- I was I was with Barth and both of us were like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But then you kind of quickly realize that, yeah, they're not in it. I mean, nobody's really in it at some point to like, yeah, just... Yeah, talk about you gotta like build something. Yeah, of course, and, of course. And in which yeah, it also is like, of course, you start with it from a place of like this is cool people around the table. But yeah. she's she's the she's the biggest evangelist. She's she sent our podcast when it came out out to her the CBS board members and stuff. And she's she's amazing and and really believes in the mission. That's awesome. Um, and then do your kids get how cool this is? <laughs> Did they, did, they, did they know what daddy's doing? My my son asked, uh, well, this was like a couple of years ago, I guess when he was six, but he was like, oh, so how is, this is Tom Brady playing basketball? And, but I mean, he just, they don't really get it that, I mean, uh, that it's, it's kind of, I guess it's what will always happen to us as parents. It's like, yep. you know, my, me as a, as a kid who just grew up loving and not wanting to do anything other than watch or play sports. Um, and my parents who really had no interest at all. And then now my kids who would much rather, my, my son would much rather um, uh, me introduce him to a Minecraft YouTuber than uh, <laughs> <laughs> right here or, by, or Steph Curry or anyone. But uh, I mean, it makes uh, sense, yeah. obviously. I mean, I mean God. Yeah. Um, okay, so you have, uh, you, you guys are working on all these platforms. Can you just quickly summarize for everyone where they can find everything? Right now? Yeah, so the, the, the newest thing that's coming will be July 10th or 11th, July 10th, I think, on Apple Plus, okay. which is their um, uh, platform, which you can find via Apple TV and so forth, called Greatness Code. So it'll come out then. 
The other newest thing that's coming that's been announced at least in early 21 was Tom Brady's Man in the Arena, which is um, ESPN put out right, the announcement right after the last dance ended, which is following Tom Brady's um, nine Super Bowls and um, and what he learned from each one. So that'll come out um, early next year, probably. Okay. Um, and then in terms of in terms of what we've already put out, uh, Shut Up and Dribble's on Showtime. They're re-airing it. Kobe's Muse is on Showtime. Um, our three seasons of Religion of Sports we're putting out on our YouTube and Facebook Watch channels. You can also find them on our website. Okay. And uh, and then we have a Why Sports Matter podcast that came out that's out wherever you can find podcasts on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else. Yep. And more of those uh, later in the year. And then Instagram is at Religion of Sports, right? Yeah. Instagram's okay. at Religion of Sports. Uh, and Facebook is as well. Awesome. Yay, we did it, Amith. <laughs> Yeah, we made it. Thank you. No, yeah, no, thanks. You are. I was telling Neil just now, I'm like, I haven't done this in a year. So I'm like warming up my voice this morning. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I'm at least starting with a friendly face. So like, I just, yeah, yeah, I was just like talking to you like, yeah, normally, even though usually we're not talking about like serious stuff. So this is nice. Yeah. 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 No, it's awesome. And congrats. And um, if you and and Tom and and all you guys want to hang out, just give us a call. You're welcome to it. Yeah. 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 Well, Greenwich, I don't know. Maybe he's looking, I guess. Uh, I'm sure so Barth will let you know when he finds out where his house <laughs> Barth, is. Yeah, ask yeah. Barth for the insight. He'll know first. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he'll let you know. So Awesome, Amit. Well, hugs to Chinky. All right, thanks. Bye. Well, guys, I can't lie. It's been super fun to be back on the mic again, especially in a fancy studio. So thank you, Amit, for being my first guest this summer and entrusting me to make you look good. And uh, guys, please check out The Religion of Sports. I promise you, you will feel inspired and uplifted, which, you know, at this time, I think we all need. Um, Nazar, my friend, it is not the same without you. Good luck in these first few weeks and just tell your baby to figure it out so we can have you back. Um, and always, please follow us at Ummy Tuckered Out so I can feel cool again. Thank you for joining us. This is Ummy Tuckered Out. Ummy Tuckered Out.